Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And welcome back to the Notorious by Chance audio feed, where we review all our movies. And this week, with Little Mermaid coming out, uh, well, as, as recording this next Friday, next week, we're getting a little bit ahead of it. We, were, we are returning to the realm of Disney live-action remake. Russell, Russell's favorites uh, subgenre <laughs> films to talk about. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Uh, yeah. Uh, we say returning because we actually talked about one of these in the past. It's one that you wouldn't expect. We, it's it's Sorcerer's Apprentice, which people like don't think people don't think of that one as a live action remake, even though yeah. it is based on the Mickey Mouse sketch from Fantasia. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So just a quick background, like, like, but like this is like this. That's more of like you know like a fringe one we're talking about like the legitimate like live action remake the one that like share the name with the with the original or at least share like a bigger connection with the original and so yeah like uh and this this really started back this whole trim really started back in 20 i mean yeah i know we had like 100, 101 dalmatians 102 dalmatians and that that uh 94 jungle but one, one by steven summers you ever see that one Did you ever see the uh, Did you ever see the and uh, Stephen Summers Jungle Book, Russell? I did not. The '94 one. Yeah, the '94 one. I think like Jason Scott Lee was in that. No, one. I didn't. Uh, yeah, you're not. Like, missing I know much. of it. I just I I don't think I ever saw it. Well, maybe we'll just keep it uh, not watched then. It's got like a weird cast to it too. Like Lena, like Lena Headey is in it. Carrie Elways is in it. Sam Neill, John Cleese is in it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's got, it's got like a, but like, anyways, like, yeah, 20, 2010, uh, Tim Burton decided to do his take on, on Alice in Wonderland, and it was it was huge. It was a smash hit. It was the first of these live action movies to gross a billion dollars, and basically that kickstarted what essentially had turned to like a billion dollar industry for Disney. Where they just take one of their existing IPs, dust it off, update it, put it in live action, put it back in theaters, and most of the time, it's a big money maker. There are a few that have it. Most of the time, they make money. Oh yeah, the majority of the time, I say nine out of ten of them would 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 grow some money. You're hard pressed to find one of these that like actually like bomb super hard. Like even like like ones that don't perform super well. You look something like Dumbo, it still did well enough. Um. But yeah, so the one we're talking about today is Beauty and the Beast, which is like one of the one of the biggest hits, maybe the maybe the highest grossing live action remake they've done. Because I think what I think it was like one point two billion. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's currently the second highest grossing live action remake, behind uh, behind Lion King, obviously. Uh, garbage. <laughs> uh, well, actually, it's funny. The, the top, the top three highest-grossing live actions are, are the, are the, the, the it's, it's like the, the like the big four from the like, the eighties and nineties. It's the Holy Trio, uh, yeah. Aladdin, Be the Beast, and Lion King, and Little Mermaid's probably going to join. If we're being completely honest, like it's it's going to be oh, up there. And those are like my four favorites. So uh, obviously, yeah. Lion King one, and really close with uh, obviously uh, Beauty and the Beast, and I would say probably like Aladdin and yeah, Little Mermaid. But yeah, so uh, you know we had uh, yeah, Alice in Wonderland came out, and then you know, like, okay, so they did they did Maleficent, which was which was a pretty sizable hit. Actually, wow, very sizable. I did not realize how much money this movie this movie made. Cinderella, pretty modest hit. Jungle Book made a ton of money, but the crowning achievement, what basically kind of you know brought this whole wave of live action remakes we're seeing right now, is Beauty and the Beast. 
uh, came out in March of 2017, which was a massive, massive month for blockbusters in 2017. People forget, like, that was the month where we had, we had Beauty and the Beast, Logan, Kong Skull Island, yeah. and, the un- and the unfortunate casualty of the month, Power Rangers, which would have made money had it been released in another month. Still a damn good film. I, I, I still I like Power I Rangers. St- still champion that one. I was, that was a damn good one. But yeah, uh, but uh, the reception, even though this made a ton of money at the box office, reception did seem to be pretty split. Some people say it failed. Uh, people, some people say it's a pretty solid, pretty uh, you know, enjoyable adaptation. And some people saying that it just kind of spits in the face in the original. Uh, so the question is, what side do we fall on? Because I, you, you saw it in theaters, right? Yeah, I saw it. Came out right. Uh, I think we saw it right near uh, St. Patrick's Day. That's oh, that's not right. I, yeah. I definitely, I definitely saw it in theaters. Yeah, we so, saw like a late showing. I think the sixteenth of March. I think this is my first time like revisiting the movie in full since like because I, I think I've seen like bits and pieces, but I never like actually sat down and watched the full movie again. This is my first time doing it. This is my first time doing it in a while. So let's let's go and see how this thing how this thing actually holds up. This is Beauty and the Beast. We got to mention this is directed by Bill Condon. He's the guy who did uh, well. First of all, Oscar-winning filmmaker. He wrote the script for Gods and Monsters, won him an Oscar, but also directed movies like Dreamgirls. Uh, Oh, I forgot he direct, I forgot he directed Gods and Monsters too. I thought it was someone else, but no, he, he did direct Gods and Monsters. Uh, directed the second. This is the last two Twilight movies. Mister Holmes, really solid director, Bill Condon. The last two Twilights, and and then he got uh, Jennifer uh, Jennifer Hudson a uh, Oscar. So he did get Jennifer Hudson an Oscar. There you go. And have would it, have so. gotten Eddie Murphy an Oscar had it not been for Norbit. Yeah, and Norb- I I still think that movie was really funny. I, I did I did see that in the theaters too, but it did lose him an Oscar. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Uh, but anyways, uh, the intro is basically is, is basically actually for, before we get into the actual movie, let's talk about the original Beauty and the Beast. R- real, we give our brief thoughts on it because I actually did revisit it recently. I don't know why I, ha- I just had it on the brain, so I wanted to watch it again. And I think yeah. it was like maybe one of not the first movie I watched on my brand new 4K TV. And nice. that movie is still fucking stellar. Oh yeah, for for sure. I think I remember seeing it years back for the re-release. I think I, I don't know what. I, yeah, man. I think it would be like 2012, uh, 2011. Somewhere around. Right. It was either two thousand one or eleven. It was like I think they released it in three D. I think eleven. I think I think they did, did one in both because like eleven they had the three D re-release. Okay. And then okay, then I saw the three. I think they have one. Which was, no, one two. But like, yeah, like okay. being the beast. I don't know. It still holds up. I, uh, I know for obscenity. But anyways, uh, being the beast movie still holds up. Animation, oh, yeah, fantastic. no, I songs, songs are amazing. The voice acting is all pitch perfect. It was, and people forget that was the first uh, animated movie to be nominated for best picture, and that did it when it only had five slots. So like, that's even that's an even bigger deal. Oh yeah! Now I mean, you got ten. So an animated movie coming in to get a Best Picture nomination isn't that big of a deal. But it, it's still rare. There've only been like two other movies nominated to get the to get the honor of being nominated for Best Picture, even with ten spots. Which is just yeah, it's, it's the same. But like being being the bees, like it's like it's considered by many to be like the first to do it, the first one to really do it because it did when there were only five slots. Uh, but yeah, again, still holds up, still phenomenal. Let's see how the remake stacks up. So we start off with the basically what is the same intro. Uh, we see that uh, 
Well, first of all, we get introduced to, again, part of this cast. This cast is amazing. One member of this cast who I want to shout out is Audrey McDonald, who is one of the greatest living vocalists we have right now. Uh, she gets to sing the opening song. Don't get used to those pipes. They actually really underuse her, and it is kind of a kind of a puzzling decision. I do like how they use that same beginning song from the '91 uh, animated film to this one too. They do. They, they yeah. They actually recycle. Do uh, not. Re- uh, I guess they do. You can't say recycle, but they do actually use a lot of the same score. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. Uh, the prince. The prince is holding up in the, in this castle. He's having his big party. Everyone's having a good old time. Then this old woman comes in. She's seeking shelter. And she's like, hey, uh, I can't pay you. All I got is this rose. Can we, t- we take this? Let me stay here. And like, he's just so grotesque by her, grotesque by her appearance. Just like, oh, no, get out you. And, and, she, and she's like, hey, yo, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by appearances. Uh, when, okay, well, this is where like, like the, the narration says he dismisses her again, but we never see him do that. Did you notice that? Yeah. And it's like, bro, you're wearing makeup. Yeah, wearing makeup, but like, that's the weird thing to me. Where like, like he, they say like when he dismissed her again, but he didn't dismiss her again. He dismissed her the one time. He just dismissed her. Um, yeah, the first time. I think they were trying to. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess they're trying to do a faithful, you know, with the animated one. I think. It's just, it's just a weird one. But like, hey, uh, it turns out that this old woman is actually an enchantress in disguise. Uh, he tries to beg for forgiveness, but it's uh, pointless. Because he des- she decides to curse him, and not just him, everybody around him, everybody who like I'm not, not just I'm not just getting you, your employees, all yeah. all get this too. Uh, if you now, know the, if, yeah, it's good. I was gonna say if you know this guy, uh, you're getting cursed. So you know, if you know this guy. If you we, we find out later, if you don't know this guy, <laughs> you're getting yeah. cursed. Yeah, you're getting. Yeah, actually, you are getting cursed. Because we find, because like in the original, like, something that's been talked about is the fact that you know basically everybody in town kind of forgot that he that like, they get they had a prince. Well, they explain it in this one how like because the the, the enchantress says like when okay when I curse you, I'm I'm gonna wipe the memories of everybody in town so they all forget you. I do kind of like that though. I, I kind of like that twist a little bit to it. Well, like it, it makes sense as to like why this villain would just like suddenly forget they had a, a functioning, a seemingly on paper functioning monarchy. Yeah, but it also helps, I think, draw that storyline too. Obviously, you see later on towards the end and stuff like that with uh, you know people reuniting and stuff like that. I think that's. I, I don't know. I, I just I really like that little twist. I well, think there, it's kind of creative. Are, like well, this curse is also like way more complicated in this one. Like, did you, I, like, I don't know if the, this enchantress had like a PowerPoint that she had ready. She had the uh, Men in Black neuralizer. I don't know what happened. You know, or like because like she yeah. does that. She's like, okay, I'm gonna curse this land to so, like make it winter all the time. Everyone's yeah. gonna forget. You. Everyone's gonna forget you all. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I got this mirror. I got this book. It's just like it's just like What's wow. Like, you you came prepared, girl. You came prepared. Just like should I take notes? Um, uh, the laundry list of uh, items that we need for all this. Uh, it's like a it's like a probably like a novel. Yeah. Well, basically, what she does to this to this prince is she turns him into beast. Turns him as ugly on the outside as he is in the inside. And she gives him this. She gives him, of course, this enchanted rose. Where she's just like, "Okay, look, you have until the last petal falls to learn to love somebody and have somebody love you back. If the last petal falls and you haven't done that, you are stuck like this forever. And your st- and your staff. We'll get to that in a second. 
because that's that's something I, I, I want to go go in on later. But <laughs> yeah, so the question is, Russell, who could love a beast? That's what this movie's gonna go, asking us. I just I I don't have any. I have no guesses. So I, got, I, I, don't, I don't have the answers. I got nothing. Well, well, man, well this well this movie might. Uh, so we get we get into our the the first big musical number. Uh, uh you know, uh, Belle for a titular character, yeah. and we meet our main character, Belle, played by Emma Watson. Hermione's own. Hermione. Hermione's own. Uh, now, oh, Emma Watson when this came out drew a lot of criticism aimed mainly at her singing. Yeah. So look, I'm like, am I gonna sit here and pretend that Emma is, is she an all world singer? No, she's not. No, but I mean, I think that's what makes this a little bit more realistic, though. You know what I mean? Like a, a, a little, a little bit. But like, is she is she, is she not a world singer? No. Uh, but it, the, it, is she hold a candle to Pedro Hera? Absolutely not. Oh, is no. she unlistenable? I don't think so. No, I think it's serviceable. Yeah, it's, it's ser- serviceable enough. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. Actually, the funny thing is, <laughs> there's like a weird connection between this movie and La La Land because, like, La La Land was initially offered to Emma Watson, she really? turned it down, and freaking Ryan Gosling was offered the role of the Beast in this movie, what? and he turned that down to do La La Land. Jeez, what? That's that's kind of crazy. That's like a weird bit of synergy between these two movies. I, I see. I, I like it though. I mean, you could you could interswap both of those. I think I think Dan Stevens would have been good in La La Land too. I, well, I mean, I don't think Dan Stevens. I don't think Dan Stevens had the offer. I think no, but, I, but but I'm like, saying, like, so like, I'm, like, like, put Emma Emma Stone and Dan Stevens in La La Land, and put Emma Watson and Ryan Gosling in this. I mean, it's just so, so we, we're so uh, obvious. I, I just watched, I just rewatched La La Land not so long ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love the obviously the way we went with it. But I mean, I, I, I mean, I can see the chemistry with you know Stevens and Watson. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Uh, but yeah, so like some things. That, look, I'm not. First of all, I'm gonna give. I'll give credit to this. I think the things that work the best about this movie are like the technical stuff, the, the production design. The production design of this movie is actually really very good. Oh, it just just the shots of like the exterior of the castle. Uh, you know what I mean? The shots. I think it's beautiful. Like the practical, the practical sets they built. The costume work is really well done. Yeah. It's it's you know it's a little bit bigger, more eccentric, but like it, for like a what essentially is a fairy tale, it does work. Yeah. The musical numbers, though, I do think leave a little bit to be desired, especially like this opening one. It's it's a little, it's a little, it's a little slow You're compared, compared to the original. Not as oh, energetic. Yeah. Not, not it. Not as you know. Not as as like, doesn't leap off the screen as much. You know what I'm saying? No, and it's not as bubbly as obviously the opening title track. You know, obviously we see you know bonjour, bonjour, you know, and all that. Um, uh, this one's a little bit like kind of you said. It's a little bit softer, um, but I mean, I still think. I mean, it still it still hits on all the you know the nostalgic, I guess, of the '91 you know animated film. Uh, uh, there's, there's there's a little change also in this that I do actually I do actually appreciate because like you know in the original, yeah, they they established that everyone's town is literate, everyone's town is dumb, but they somehow have like an entire library. <laughs> I guess nobody's using. It's just for Belle. I mean, like... yeah, it's just it's just hers. Well, here they actually do kind of fix that, where like like she gets her books from this like one church, and it's like yeah. twelve of them. Yeah, I mean, which like yeah, I mean like that does that does make sense. Like why like why would a town of people who can't read have like an entire bookstore? Then you have uh, PJ and and my uh, movie collection, so you you have that too, you know. Yeah, that's a 
Yeah. We also we also meet two more main characters. Uh, Gaston, played by Luke Evans, and LeFou, played by Josh Gad. Now, these, these characters were subject to a lot of headlines coming into this. Well, first of all, you had Luke Evans, who, like, he was one of, like, the big hype trains coming into this movie. Like, people were saying, early after saying, like, he was, like, a, a scene stealer, game stealer, like, he makes the movie. And, uh, yeah, I do think he is very good as Gaston. No, I, I completely agree. Um, the the only other person I think that would have been really good as Gaston um, is, uh, J- well, if he could sing. I don't know if he can sing. Uh, who plays Jack Reacher that's in Fast X? Oh, freaking uh, Alan He's Bennett. huge. Dude, he's huge. He I is huge. huge. I didn't wonder I if think, he could sing. That's not bad, I, actually. I, I think that would be a good guest on. I know, call me crazy. Um, on the hills of obviously saying fast. If, 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 if he was, if he was younger, Hugh Jackman, because he did play the role on Broadway. You could do a Hugh Jackman, but somebody who's like more jacked. I feel like somebody who's bigger. Don't get me wrong, Dan Stevens or not Dan Stevens, not Dan Stevens. Luke Evans. Uh, Luke Evans. Good shape. Don't get me wrong. Good actor. Um, I, I do like the you know, uh, like whole mass of a dude. <laughs> I, I get what you're no, saying. no, he's not. Yeah, he's not like a bulging, you know, guy. But he, but he is like he is like legit one of the best singers in this movie. Oh, absolutely, uh, hands down. I, I won't even argue. Yeah, absolutely. Like the I, I was I was shocked by how well he could sing. Well, obviously, I've never heard that from him before. And I'm, I'm obviously Josh Gad, but that's a steal, though. You know what I mean? That's that's an obvious. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Josh Gad's like a Broadway trained guy. So yeah, I guess. but yeah. But like I, I like the I like the actors who are like established actors before like that who are being in this. Yeah. Like he's actually quite good. And he's actually put out a couple albums I've listened to. Like he's he's very good. Yeah. No, I I do like the, the, the casting of Gaston in this though for sure. But yeah, you also have uh Josh Gad as LeFou, who is actually pl- uh he gets a lot more development in this one than he does in the original movie. Yeah. Did he get a lot of was it more shit because of the fact that they had like an underlying homosexual relationship type of Yes, and yeah. I will circle back to that yeah. later. That yeah. was actually like a big hop at a controversy in some places, which we'll, I, I'll get to. I, I'll, I get to that. I'll get to why that is ridiculous later. I, I got you. I remember though. Uh but yeah, the uh yeah, the musical number wraps up and we have, you know, guess sounds like I'll guess sounds like I'm gonna like Belle's most beautiful woman in this village, and therefore she's the best, and she is going to be my wife. I decree. Uh, but, you know, obviously, you know, there's there's a little bit of a barrier there. I do like the line. We're just like, oh, have you read it? No, not that one. But, you know, I you know, books. B- books. <laughs> like, it's a factor. It's a factor. I'm your boss. I'm like dodgeball. Yeah. I read that in a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get we then get to, honestly, one of the best scenes of the entire film. It's the, you know, it's the one with Kevin Klein tinkering. Uh, but uh, Bell's father, but by Kevin Klein, a guy who notoriously says no to a lot of things, but said yes to this. Like again, with like very little dialogue, like you can very tell, you can very you can, the, the emotion is palpable. You can feel who he's talking about until they ad- and like it's it's, it's 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 never like directly addressed until they directly address. It. I think that's very I think it's very well done until you know, they come out and say it. Yeah, and I think another good casting job uh, for Maurice uh, Bell's dad in the film. Oh, the, there's there's not a weak actor in this cast. Like this is a cast of the top to bottom is filled with like these incredible performers. Yeah, I, I think if there's there's one that we'll talk about a little bit whenever this person comes up that I just I'm kind of head scratching on it. But really, I'm curious. I'm curious who you're, who you're alluding to. I'm, I'm fascinated. It's just it's just like I said. It just made me wonder. It's like we could have got somebody else for this role. I think. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what, who, who you're talking about, but we'll, 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 we'll get to that. Uh, yeah. But we see that in this version, he does not make his living ba- making murder machines. 
No, there's nothing with axes and things coming to uh, kill anybody. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah that's, I always wonder, like, in, in the original movie, like, what the what is what does this even do? Um, serial killers buy this, I guess, to get rid of the bodies. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. This guy, this is more simplistic of like a tinker, you know, a yeah. tinker, you know, somebody who tinkers around with like clocks and like just just old little, you know, things here and there. And, and that's kind of what you think of when you think of Maurice not building yeah. this like giant like jigsaw killer, uh, you know, contraptions. I will, I will say though, there is, you know, they have to call a conversation because like a big part of this movie is Belle's mother. You know, like when when they have the whole conversation, we're just like you know, like Dad, you think I'm odd talking about her mother, and she's like, he asked like her mother, like, what did you think she was like? And he says she was fearless, and just like Bro, the line should it's odd. The line should have been odd. Yeah, that was like, your yeah. You should put it in there, man. Yeah, like come on, it. it's right there. Yeah, you went fearless. You went gently. You did. You did it. But, but anyways, uh, he goes. Uh, he he leaves to go off to the market, which is. Strange, considering there's literally a market right there. The bell walked to this morning. Uh, you know, hey, no, no judgment. I'm, I'm just very curious about like what, what's so special about this market, this market you're going to that you can't do here. Uh, another weird addition to this: Bell apparently invents the washing machine. Yeah. Uh, but ev- but everyone, everyone is just like, huh. And, and oh yeah, it's the fact that she's teaching someone else to read, another girl to read, and they're just like, oh, another girl learning to read. <laughs> no, we can't have that. And they just they just throw her laundry in the street. The weird thing is, like, she doesn't even look like the least bit upset about it. Yeah, so dude, they're they're like handmaids telling you right here, man. Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, Why won't they let women use washing machines? Oh, that sounds so wrong. Come on, it's it's yeah yeah a little bit, but I mean, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, Gaston is trying again, uh, and you know he. Bell just says like, "Look, I am never gonna marry you, Gaston." And look, I will say in the in the original animated movie, remember like when you know when she had a whole proposal set up, and he looks so angry. Yeah, that's kind of cut out here. Like he doesn't really look angry or affected. Yeah, I mean, but. And you almost wonder if he's even like smart enough to get it, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's it's more maniacal, but like, yeah, just you know, I I, I remember the whole you know Gaston being like so pissed off when she said no in the animated. More than I'm gonna remember this reaction. Well, yeah, because he was more he was very more ego, uh, you know, ego driven. I think you know what I mean. I, I think this one is where he's a little bit more tamer. I, I would say, but yeah. still, he still obviously you know has his eyes set on Bell. But I think the one obviously in the cartoon was more, you know, egocentric and like very all about himself, super narcissistic. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I see. Yeah, w- with this one, I think he's a little bit more. I think a couple couple notches down from that. Yeah, we then get into what is basically what is re- referred to as the "I Want" song. And, you know, it's the "I I Want Adventure in the Great White Somewhere," and it's funny looking at this. She starts song at the house. And then she goes, she runs like three miles outside of town to finish this song. Girl, girl can uh, really put those, uh, you know, Kenyan track speeds, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, one of the realistic versions should be like, get to the television, like, ah, ah, fuck. I, I just, ah, I just did I a mile. Hold on. I only do a mile. <laughs> Four minutes. I can only do a mile, guys. It, it is funny to see like how far outside of town she goes. But, anyways, uh, we go to Maurice, who, uh, Lightning strikes a tree on the route to where he's going. But again, like in the animated movie, he, he looks at two two paths. One, you know, pretty okay. One filled with death, and he decides to go take that. Here, no, he's got no choice. 
lightning strikes and it automatically goes one way. Yeah, so like, all right, oh. I, guess, I guess I'm going this way. And then and then Robert Redford came along and took that tree and make a baseball bat. There you have it. You got the crossover right there. And he ends up in this place where it's winter in the middle of June. Yeah, uh, he's chased by wolves into this castle. And, uh, you know, he's like, he's like, oh, it's warm. There's a fire. You know, I got, I got a, you know, I got, I got a nice plate of food right here. You know, I, got, I could chill here for a bit while, you know, the, you know, while the wolves go away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but then we see our, really not the first character we get introduced to is like, well, I mean, we, we get a glimpse of Lumiere and Cogsworth, but, but it's Chip. I, I always love the reaction where he just like, he sees it like Paul's like, oh, okay. And then just runs out the door. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always did like that. But before I go, just like, oh, yeah, well, shit, I got I to get one rose. And there just so happens to be a rose tree right here, even though I'm pretty sure rose grow bushes, but whatever. I'm not, I'm not here to judge. Uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, where, where else can I find a rose? In the wintertime growing. Come on. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, but uh, he gets kidnapped by the beast and the horse uh, runs all the way back home just to run all the way back. Poor horse. Yeah. Yeah, the horse just alerting Bell. Hey, it ain't. This isn't legit. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, uh, she gets back to the castle. Uh, she's she's exploring. All the uh, you know, the uh, servants are seeing that. Oh yeah, we have we have a woman here. Oh my god, this could be go time. Yes. Uh, she finds him in the dungeon, and that's where that's where we meet. We get our first real introduction to the beast, played by as ever mentioned Dan Stevens. Like this is, I mean, he had the guest before this, but this is really the first time like mainstream audience has got to know who this guy was. Like again, dude, I think I think this dude is an excellent actor. I do too. Um, I, I liked him. I, I saw that one movie, The Rental. Oh, the one the the day, the day Franco movie. And Franco, yeah, direct. I think he's I think he's a really really super underrated actor. I, yeah, I, I, do, I, I do like I, him a lot. I think, he's, I think he's like so un. Yeah, like you said, I think he's so underrated as 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 a performer. Absolutely. Because like yeah, you like again you have like the guest or like colossal or yeah. like Marshall where he's very good or the man who met the Christmas which is a super underrated film. Yeah, he was good in that. Ap- Apostle, uh, yeah, like, he's just a guy who pops in like so many things and he's like always he's always killing it in whatever he does. Yeah, I mean, I just hope he he gets a bigger break to where people actually can really just see and showcase what type of actor he is. Yeah, well, I mean, he's gonna be in the new uh, Godzilla Kong movie, so maybe maybe that'll give him another showcase good i mean that's good like i said he's i I think this is a fantastic cast yeah uh but anyways uh a big but like it's not not dancing's performance that people have a problem with it's the cg regarding the beast now keep on this was originally going to be like prosthetics and makeup doing this it wasn't going to be like motion capture but i guess i'm not sure what happened i guess maybe they couldn't they couldn't make it work quite as well but i'm not sure the cgi is really better in this case I'm fine with it, honestly. I think it maybe. I, I don't think it looks as bad as I thought it did in 2017. No. Even 2017, I got, it's just you know what? It's the face. Like the face I, is like the made the major like weird part of it. Like because like yeah. it's I think this face is almost too human. Is it like um, who who did we say that was in like uh, Superman, the new Superman movie? Or uh, no no no, uh, Wonder Woman was it Wonder Woman or Superman? The one where. Were they? Uh, oh, oh! I uh, talked about Kristen Wiig in, in Wonder Woman. No, no. Uh, it was the 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 male the male, uh, the male a- actor. I think it was the God or whatever, wasn't he? He came. Oh, in David Dulles. 
Maybe. Where it looked weird. Did it look like really CG weird? Oh my god. His face almost kind of reminds me of that type of face. I can't think. Is that the one who who got the box? In in uh Wonder was it Wonder Woman or was it I, this movie's all merged together? Like was it Batman, Batman, Superman, or yeah, I don't know. That's the thing with Wonder Woman. Oh Jesus Lord, I don't know. But anyway, the face I, I think is what I what I'm saying. The the, the the CGI face right here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's I, it's, it's, it's a bit of a weird blend. I I can't explain it properly, so that's uh, that's my fault. Well, if, if, you, if you figure it out, please, Russell, let us know. I'm bored uh, of that door. This is like a it's like a weirdly put together scene because like you know in the original like it, it it took its time to you know introduce the beast, have Bell contemplate her decision, have the beast realize what this could mean for him. Here it's, it's pretty well sped through, honestly. Like she decides to give up her life and and trap herself, and the beast was okay with it pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, there's really no. It's like boom, boom. Yep, we're done. Yep, we're done. Bye, Dad. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Bye. I just need a hug. Goodbye. Yeah. Another change in this is the fact that it's not the beast that offers Officer Ocosia room. It's actually Lumiere and Cog were to take her out of the prison. And this is where we get introduced to, again, information Lumiere and Cogworth for real this time, voiced by Ewan McGregor and Ian McKellen as Cogsworth. Okay. You, well, is, is it one of these two? Absolutely. I, I just, I, don't get me wrong. Love you, McGregor, as an actor. But McGregor's the one you have a problem with. I don't. I just. I trying to fake the French accent and stuff like that. I just. I can't. I, I don't know. I, don't get me wrong. Really good actor. I just. Uh, I wish we could have got somebody who was like maybe French. I think would have been kind of cool. Like I mean, you know what I mean. I mean. I, it, it, I mean Jerry Orbach wasn't French. But he just. He just did a really good voice. I feel like. I don't know. I, I'm just not as sold on you and McGregor's. Lumiere's voice, I'm I guess. Surprised. I don't know. I'm shocked by this because I really, I really like McGregor's Lumiere. This is madness. I know. Well, Cogsworth, I, I do love uh, McKellen. Uh, Ian McKellen. Yeah, I think he's a he's a good solid choice for that. Now this now I mean like talking about these characters and others and because we had with Mrs. Potts and Chip and you know the Plumet and all these other characters. You know, eventually, this is a problem that kind of plagues Disney live action remakes in general, and it's just. It's a translation of anime, animated concepts to live action. Here's, here's, here's what I mean by that. In in animation, you're basic. It's a medium where you're basically limitless. You can do anything you can see in your mind. You can create. You can have it uh, move as well as you want, be as fast as you want, be as colorful as you want, pop as much as you want, and you don't have to worry about practical applications of anything. In in live action, it's different because you have to play within the within the physics and logistics of the real world. That's a, like like I point to Lion King. Like Lion King has a problem like this because animals, their faces are not like built or made to be as expressive as they can be in animation. Yeah, like that's a problem that Little Mermaid's having right now because like Sebastian is looks really weird. I don't like looking at it. Like fish and crabs in real life are not cute. Yeah. So like I think that's a big problem. Like when you tran when you like you take these things that are made for animation, try to bring them into the real world. You have to play by the rules of the real world, and that's just it's not as interesting. So I do get that criticism for Disney live action animation a- adaptations. Steppenwolf's face was the one I was thinking of. Oh I yeah. I mean like yeah, right, what you mean. Yes. Like right up in here. That's kind of what I meant. That was that was Justice League, by the way. I knew <laughs> I knew Wonder Woman and Superman. Everybody was they involved. Were, you know they were in it. They were in the movie, but they were yeah. in the movie. 
it's all blurred together. Like literally all blurred together. They merge together. So yeah. I mean, and and, and, none, and none of them matter now. None of them matter now. Yeah, whatever. Thanks, Black Adam. Whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. So we we do we do find out that yeah. It's, that's my that's my whole thing. I, I I think that is a valid criticism of Disney live action and adaptation, especially when you don't have a ton of human characters to balance it out. Yeah, I mean, you can get away with it. I think with obviously like a chandelier and a clock, um, or closet, even like, like Jungle Book, like like Jungle Book, those those animals like aren't as expressive. But, like they still have like the great voice work, and also you have like the main human character, the center of all of it, to be like kind of like the emotional anchor of this. But like something like Lion King or like Bambi, which is trying to do live action, or like Robin Hood, <laughs> it's just it's a little it's a little strange. And like yeah, like the real world. Like the real world applications and biology, and I, I guess to a degree, degree physics, they don't really always work in this regard. But that being no, I, that being said, though, is it good? No, I was gonna say I agree. I mean, I get it. You know, it, it is one of those yeah. things where it's a little, a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, they escort her to her. They escort her to her room. This is where this is where, like the, the weirdest piece of character development because like the. The arm, the armoire uh, again. Audrey McDonald from earlier, like yeah. she's upstairs. Yeah. And, like we find she's always tired. She never, she never sees her husband, who's the piano downstairs. Is like, why is she always tired? Why can't? Why don't they see each other? Like, what's what's going on here? Yeah, why can't you know? Why can't somebody just carry she, her down? You know, but like even like later in the movie, like we see it, like she she can walk down the stairs. Like, why do they never see each other? We just have to add some kind of uh, struggle in the film, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's 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 strange, but anyway, they're trying to get, trying to dress her up so she can go to dinner. She's she's immediately trying to escape. Meanwhile, we cut back to the village, and this is where we get the big Gaston number, and yeah, pretty well, especially because like this is the, like one of the few numbers where you have like two really good singers going back and forth. I dig it. Yeah, I think this is probably the stronger of the songs. Have you ever seen the uh, the Broadway version of this show of, the, of I, this movie? I have not. Like in in the Broadway show, like this is like the big like one of the big showstoppers, like that and be our guest, like are like okay. the, cute, the big numbers, and yeah, I do think they do like a pretty do a pretty solid job bringing that energy to the screen. And like I said, Luke Evans kills it, kills it as Gaston. In this, oh, in this he, song. yeah, and and I think yeah, and I think you know Gad's perfect in this. I think they play well off one another. They sing well with each other. Uh, definitely good casting. Um, like I said, this is probably one of the better songs uh, of the uh, film. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Maurice bumps in. He's just like, "Hey, yo, uh, Belden kidnapped by a beast. Why, why are y'all laughing?" Yeah, you guys are too merry. You guys are being too merry. Yeah, and, and uh, Gaston's the one where he's just like, uh, he's like, you know what? All right, uh, I'll help you out. I, I got this. Like, trust, trust, bro. We got this. We can, we, yeah. we, we can do this. Take me to him. Yeah. Uh, so they go off. Meanwhile, back at the castle, forty minutes in, we're now introduced to Mrs. Potts, voiced by Emma Thompson. Yeah, another uh, really, uh, really solid choice too. I think. No, oh, yeah, fantastic. And she, she's been in a couple, a couple of because she was also in uh, Cruella. Yeah. Uh, well, and this is like a, this is like a weird change because like you know it's the, it's the it's the staff's idea to bring her to bring Belle again. We mentioned that as Lumiere and Cox with the bigger rooms. Also, the staff's idea to have him join her for have her join him for dinner. Yeah, because like well, the, the, the weird thing is like you know the beast in the, in the original anime movie he realized like oh yeah this could be a way out this could be a way for me to get back to normal yeah. here he has to be told that which is strange yeah. 
Yeah, because he should know that already. Obviously, it's yeah. his curse. He should know this female could break the curse. So, yeah. But like, all he cares about is the fact that he that he's like a pe- like a peasant's daughter. It's just like, dude, you have a way out. Take it. Yeah, I mean, this is this is your girl here, man. I mean, if you could, you know, play the cards right and and you know, really show your true colors, you know, you could, you know, you could break this curse. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, you, you, you see, we see the scene play out in the in the original in the original too, where he goes to the room and just like, hey, yeah, uh, join me for dinner. And like, I think that I, I think it's played better in the anime one because like you know, remember the words are like, fine, you could stay yeah. in there and starve. Yeah. See if I, here, yeah. It's not. It's not as. It's not as big. But you know, it works well enough. Or like, if she doesn't eat with me, she doesn't eat at all. Doesn't eat at all. Yeah, I, I do like the animated version better. You could definitely tell more of the sinister of the beast, the attitude. Well, you know like, what I, mean? yeah, like I, I think the beast is like a, a like a very tragically complex character because like he's a guy who he's like he has like a ton of built up aggression due to years of isolation. Yeah, but he still has that connection to his humanity, and I think that's a big thing that's missing. That's missing in this one. Yeah, we're like this dude. He, yeah. He's he's kind of dim, even like he's like they say he's well educated, but he's still kind of dim, or, or more dim than he should be. Like it's the humanity that Bell is attracted to in the original animated film. Here, yeah. it doesn't really exist. So she doesn't really have that kind. Doesn't really have that piece to make the connection. And and like how you said, being so so very very educated and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, look at the later on. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about the you know the the, the library, the books, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, what I mean, just the fact that he recognizes like you know uh, Romeo and Juliet, things like that. He's astute, but I feel like so, kind of what you're saying. I feel like he doesn't really. It's right there, cut dry. That you know, if this this girl could break the curse. You know, I, I do like the way that the um, the animated film handled that and tackled that a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, anyways, uh, another another pedal, another pedal fall. We see that for some reason also making the castle fall apart. Yeah, and 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 what's the time frame on this on this on this rose? Yeah, we never get to answer that. Like, we never really see like okay, well, like one pedal every like, like six days. Like how how yeah. this would just fall just because? Like, do you it, say it, it, it seems like yeah. there are a lot of pedals until there are no pedals? Yeah, it was like, dude, like it's just like a, it's just like a fucking uh, like a botanic garden in here, like in this one flower. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. They really don't really uh, lay that forward. How you know how often that the petal falls off? Uh, how long does he have to break the curse? Obviously, yes, true love's kiss and stuff like that. I get that, but still, w- what's the timetable? What are we looking at? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, we now get into the big br guest number. And look, I do think this number's done really well. I do think Hugh McGregor's a really good singer. Yeah. Again, I don't love Moulin Rouge, but I don't think he's the reason I don't like that movie. In fact, I think he, I, one thing I do like about that movie. But I think that the problem with it, the problem with it in this one is the fact that it's it's choreographed well. I think yeah. that the I don't want to say animation, but you know, choreo- it's choreographed well. The animation is done really well. It's energetic. I think the problem is like in the original, like it's it's acts as sort of juxtaposition to like all like the dark sinister stuff we were just you know at, our characters have been going through. Yeah, it's light, yeah. It's lighted, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a big, lighthearted, fun musical number. Where here, it's not really the the, the juxtaposition isn't is, isn't as wide. Like it's not really as like dark or twisted or as you know, yeah. like our characters don't feel like they're going through as much as they are, especially because you know. I, I think like having Lumiere and Cogsworth give her the room kind of flies in the face of that. Well, that too. And the fact that I think that, um, you know, w- w- with her, she's not as excited. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? She's not as happy and jo jovial to be there like she was in the cartoon. This is more of just a, you know, uh, here, yeah, you know, we're be our guests, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, and I see that whole entire scene here. Uh, and it's such a beloved song. Like, you want to knock this scene out because of, you know, what that song. But that's you know. just it. Like, because of the way, because of the way that's tonally done, like, it feels more like it's done out of necessity than, like, than, you know, that as being a, you know, differ, differentiating scene to the prior scenes we witnessed. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, I think it's one of those things where I, I don't feel, you don't feel the vibe that you feel when you're watching a cartoon that you feel when you're watching the uh, the live action film. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it's just a whole different feel. But like we said, like, again, the, mu the musical number is still done very well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's a solid... I just, yeah, I just think the yeah. setup isn't. I just think the setup isn't as strong as it is in the original. Yeah, and the feels aren't. I don't think are as as there like the, it is in the animated film. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyways, uh, so yeah, Bell decides to go explore the castle some more, and uh, that's where we get the intro to the West Wing. Now, this is and uh, as much as we praise the production design of this movie, this is the one thing where I don't think they get they quite get the idea because like in the end, I I hate to keep doing this because you know it should stand on its own, but. It's really hard, especially when this is like a basically a shot for shot remake of the original with some yeah. added stuff. So, so in the original, like the West Wing was a room that looked completely different than every other room in the castle. It's like, forbidden. It's it's, it's torn <laughs> apart, it's ripped yeah. to shreds, and at the center of it, you have this like this like rose in a case. It's kind of like, you know, it's this whole like how do I phrase this? It's it's, the, it's like it it it's it stands out in a room that or everything's been destroyed, but like and they use that as a as the ground to hold something that is so important to our characters. Here yes. they don't really they don't really nail that concept of having this room be just like wrecked and be different the rest than the rest of the castle. Like it looks just about like every other room. Well, it's the symbolism too, I think, for the fact yeah. that his exterior is all rough and stuff like that. So the room's rough, but he still holds hope that hopes that one that one rose. That's that there's a small glimmer of like a, a possibility of love. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I think that whole symbolism there's kind of lost because of the fact that yeah, you're just putting it in, in said room. You know what I mean? It doesn't really serve a purpose. Why is it forbidden? You know what I mean? Like why? Like I, I remember like the animated film. Remember you see a picture of him back when he 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 looked like the prince or you know whatever and he had that they had that big uh, scratch scratch on it you know what i mean um you, you lose you lose that type you don't let you don't know why it's forbidden you know what i mean and i, I don't think they they don't really translate that really well in this yeah they they, they, they don't and it's like, most because like this room looks like every other every other room in the castle yeah oh she goes to touch the rose and like he kicks her out like super quick again like even in, like again in the original like he had like it, 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 they took a beat they took a pause before just like yeah, like what'd you do? You could you could have you could have screwed us all. Get out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was time for her to realize actually what it was in order to. There was no time for her to do any damage to it because I don't think there was enough time to do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like at least take a breath. But you know, like you know, she tries to run away. She's attacked by wolves. The beast saves her. Uh, but uh, but then she decides to begin you know, because she, he saved her life. He he decides she decides to save his. Yeah, I mean, because uh, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, cut back to Gaston, uh, Lafou, and Maurice. Uh, this is a weird thing. Like the son, Gaston decided, like, okay, you know what? I'll go with you. But he, he he never like he sounds like he never believed Maurice. He just like I so like if you don't believe him, why did you go in the first place? Yeah, there's really no yeah. You, you don't really sound convinced, I guess. You know. Yeah. 
uh, we also see like you know Gaston like and whereas the the cart uh, original he was more cartoonish cartoonishly you know over the top and cartoonishly aggressive. Yeah. Here he is a little more subtle, like his anger comes out in different ways. But I do think yeah it helps make him a little more you know, like a better word, a little more more human. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I love the way his anger comes out. We're just like you will never marry my daughter. Now let's go find her, and then he just he just decks the shit out of him. Yeah, he just like cold conks him, man. And then he, and then he like transcends to he goes to zero to murder real quick. Yeah, because he ties him up to a tree to let the wolves try to <laughs> feast on him. There. Yeah, like okay, well, cool. I'm like okay, well, so we're, we're we're hitting the ground running. Okay, cool. Yeah, we escalated this one a little bit, a little bit quicky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we do find out, uh, you know. Again, in the in the original, they never really established like okay, yeah, yeah, the the you know they, she cursed the prince because yeah he was an asshole. Everybody but like what like what what did what did the staff do? Oh, we find out that uh, they didn't do anything, and that's the problem uh, because apparently uh, his dad like once his mom once the beast mom died, his dad turned him into like this like really cruel this really cruel dickish guy, and when that was happening, the staff didn't do anything, so that's why they're that's why they're cursed too. So would that have like so would like in Friday the Thirteenth would the camp counselors all been cursed? Yeah, right. <laughs> like by like by law, wouldn't they have to work. I mean, I'm just saying realistically, right? Because they neglected to save Jason, right? Yeah, but so. also at at the same time, it's just like it, it just you look at it like you, okay, but like I, I get I get this I kind of get the staff to a degree, but also like you cursed a kid and a dog. What did yeah. you get the dog to do? Yeah, I mean, I. But you know it has to happen. I just would have played it off like as is, and I, I wouldn't have went too elaborate on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, it's, it's also weird because like she, she she basically cursed the staff for like essentially like she gives it a reason, but it's also at the same time no reason. Yeah, it's like they were doing their job. I mean, they you know they worked for him, so you know. I yeah, like, know. like shit, we 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 can't we can't say shit or else we get fired. Yeah, like he he'll fire us. He pays pretty good, you know. Free room this, and board, you know. Come on. This, this is where we get into another one of the uh, new songs, "Days in the Sun," which is which is sung by the entire cast. Basically, kind of takes the place of "Human" again. Yeah. In the original, which funny enough was also cut from the original. I wish they would have put that back in this one. Although I do, I do like this new song. I will admit. Yeah, I do too. I think uh, you know sometimes we talk about obviously how you know songs that are added into the live action films don't translate as well. I think this one uh, does. I, I do like yeah. it. Uh. And but like this, this next scene is where we get like a, a, a real establishment of the of the new stakes in this time, or in, in this in this version. Uh, we find out that again you know, in the original, they were if if the last petal fell and the beast hadn't done his thing, they were just gonna stay like they were just gonna stay as like you know the way they were. Yeah. In this one, they are literally going to die. Yeah, I mean, no big deal, right? They are going to become like inanimate objects. Yeah. Crazy. So like, yeah, like kind of makes sense. It's like, why is why they're moving with such urgency? Yeah, it's like, dude, you need to hurry up. We're gonna die. Yeah, like shit. If you think about it, they got it worse than the beast. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I'm like, that's that's kind of fucked up. Like, what? Like, why does the guy you're punishing get an easier punishment than his, than his staff? Then my thing yeah. is, would, would Lumiere and Cogsworth like know they're they're alive in there? But they're That's dead. Like, 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 yeah, like, like where, where did the soul of a candlestick go? Is it like the movie Awake, where he's getting surgery, but he doesn't, and he wakes up during surgery, and he <laughs> does, can't move? Does, yeah, does he feel it? 
like d- does does Lumiere wake up and his eyes are open? He's like, oh, I can't move and I can't communicate. Like, I guess I'm a I'm a I'm a chandelier. Yes, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a candle. Yeah, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, Maurice Maurice <laughs> is saved by uh, a local beggar named Agatha. Uh, meanwhile, back at the castle, uh, see, we're an hour in. Yeah, man, man, probably a good time to start building chemistry between the be- between Belle and the Beast. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole movie, you know, relies on this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're halfway through. Now's a good time to do it. No big deal. That's the other thing I think some of these movies suffer from, though, is the fact that the running time on these movies, um, pace-wise, I-, I think we get lost. Like, I think Lion King was over two hours. Uh, some of these movies get, like, lost in, in-, in the runtime, I think, sometimes. They do. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we do we get we get background as education. This is where we get into the big, you know, uh, some some something there montage. I do like the conversation the two of them have on the bridge. I do too. I think it's more like astute because um, I believe she's like reciting. I think she's reciting like poetry or something like that. Yeah, like a play or a play or something like that. But that's helping the beast to open his eyes to see things differently. Um, yeah. I do I do like that. I think that's where we do we do have like a bonding moment between the two characters. Yeah, we, we start to see that chemistry start to form, and like, yeah, it's like I said, Dan Stevens and Emma Watson do have really do have good chemistry in this. Yeah, I like for, I do too. I think I, I think, think they have I, really I good think Despite the fact that some of these scenes are a little wonky, I do you think that two of those actors do sell them? Oh yeah, and I think they're walking. I I, I think they're you know they're navigating you know through the scene well well enough. I mean, the best that they can do. Yeah, the best that they can do what what they with what they're given. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do like the scene where she where she gets hit by like a giant snowball. I love that fact, and then the, he doesn't that, realize. That, that yeah, yeah, and I like he doesn't realize that he's stronger, so he's going to throw that harder and make it bigger, and it, <laughs> and it hits her, and he doesn't look alarmed at all about it. But it's kind of funny. <laughs> Strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of almost kind of like a uh, elf. A little bit, yeah. Uh, we then find uh, one of the weirdest additions to this this entire movie: the fact that in that uh, the enchantress gave the beast a book. That could take him literally anywhere. Yeah, which is uh, which is definitely a plot twist because we remember uh, obviously the cartoon, it's, uh, the animated films, obviously just the mirror. This this is a different. This is a, well, like, a, whole, but, a like, whole different. But like, the whole reason you gave him this because like oh, yeah, so you can see the world's no place for the beast. But like, isn't that what the mirror is for? That way you can like look, you can like, look into the onside world, but you can never be a part of it. But this one trans transcends you there, I guess, right? Because it actually yeah. takes you there. Yeah, it's weird. So, like, yeah. where do they go? They decide to go to Paris, uh, Belle's childhood home. So, we finally find out what happens to her mother. The the burning question we were all asking, which we didn't, we, which we didn't need to know. Um, we just kind of assumed that it was just Maurice. And surprise, surprise, a parent has has died. Yeah, uh, what well, I mean, it's Disney. Most parent, most if you if you produce life in a Disney movie, chances are you're fucked. Yeah, one one of you is, if not both, are going to die. Uh, we find that the sheet, like you know, of all the you know the the, the nice uh, fun things they introduced to this, you know, uh, abuse abuse of parents, dead parents, they introduced the Black Plague into this movie. Yes, you know, you got to throw that in there, mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's how Belle's mom died. Was wasn't that necessary? <laughs> now that now that we cross that off the list of how did Belle's mom die, we're good. We we, we got it now. <laughs> we we solved it, guys. We're good. We're good. We got it. Uh, but anyways, uh, we cut back to the village where Marie or Maurice gets his way back, gets his way back to the tavern, accuses Gaston of attempted murder because, you know, Gaston has a witness. 
LeFou, who lies on the stand, which is ironic, considering that he would literally play a lawyer the same year. Yeah, and Marshall. Yeah. So did Dan Stevens. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, oh. that's, that's, kind, that's kind of funny. Look at that. There you go. Get it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it ha- basically has uh, him declared insane. So he's like, oh, yeah, no, you're going to put you away and Bell's going to be mine. And we're going to be all good, brother. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is where we get to the you know the big uh, you know the, the 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 most the iconic scene from the original film you know the 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 red the yellow dressed Beauty and the Beast dance number uh, yeah. musical sequence yeah the blue suit for the the Beast yeah yeah uh, now what I will say although the build up isn't quite there because you know they have an evening they have they make an evening of it you know then they say like they go, they go to have a dance. They get more com- they get more comfortable with each other. This is where like the real like romance starts to you know kind of hit its climax. Uh, the buildup is gone, but I do think that, again the technical elements are really good. Like the translation of Belle's dress and the, the beast suit in real life, phenomenal. Yeah, definitely uh, eye catching. Uh, it's so iconic. Yeah, I, I it's a weird detail, but I like I love the gold tinge on 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 her dress. Like the the way the way that's added on, I just think yeah. I, I I think I just think her dress looks so good in this. Oh, for sure. I just like the way it sparkles too under the light and stuff like that. It's just it's 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 just it's it's perfect. Yeah, I also love that one shot, that one like rotating shot where like the you know it's, it's the camera's twirling around the uh, bell and the beast, and you see yeah. like, all the lights in the background. I think that's an excellent shot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, the dance number concludes. Uh. Bell sees that her father is in trouble, and her fa- and he's just like, you know what, you sh- you should you should go help him. Yeah, you're probably not going to come back, and we're all doomed. But uh, yep. you should go help him. I I I release you. You're good. You're good. You can yeah. go. You might come back. I don't know. You might. You, you may, maybe. I don't know. But again, like in the original, he had to, he had to take the time to think about it. Where like as soon as he, as soon as she says like, oh my god, in trouble, like immediately just like, oh yeah, oh you you you, you, you should go. Yeah, you do. Like, you. He, had, he had to think. Of, he had to think about it in the original. Where he's just like, yeah, I know this. Could, like, like she's. I feel like she's gonna be the one to break my curse. But yeah, she needs to go, and I love her, so I'm gonna let her leave, even though I might be damned for eternity. Yeah, I mean, I think the a little bit more quick decisions here in this one. Yeah, it, 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 maybe it's like a weird problem going both faster and slower at the same time. Yeah, but the wrong times, though, I think. At the wrong times, you're right. Uh, so she goes away. The staff comes in and just like, and he's just like, like uh, where, where, where is she? I let her go. Why the fuck did you do that? Dude, we're going to be dead. Like, we are, we are going to die. Why Bro. did you do that? Bro, come on. And, he's, and there's like, be, like be, be, because she loves her. And he's like, wait, so shouldn't that be enough? Nope. She's got to love him back. That's the, the, that's one of the very, very complex rules of this, of this curse. Yeah. I got, you got to, you got to get that TLC back. Yeah. Uh, with this, this is where we get the uh, what I think was supposed to be like the big Oscar song for this movie, Evermore. Uh, the, this is and because it's funny because like the Beast never really gets his own song in the original, so they give so they give him a new a one in this, and I actually do like this song. I like it too. I mean, I mean, I I, I know Dan Stevens isn't like again kind of like M. Watson, not the not the world's greatest singer, but he's doing he's doing he's doing he's doing well enough. I like it. I think it's well I think it's well written. I I think that again you kind of lose a lot of that emotional turmoil because like you know in the original he kind of just like screams out of like sadness and frustration. Here he launches right into a song and it's just like oh this is it's weird not as powerful but okay at least I like the song. Yeah, yeah. the song is pretty good. I like it. I like it. Yeah. 
Uh, and, but she, weird thing is, she goes on horseback rather than taking the book that can take her anywhere. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a whole yeah, that's a teleport right in your back pocket there. Yeah, uh, but she gets back to the village, and this is where we get into you know the whole kill the beast, uh, kill the beast number, which again, another one, very good. Yeah, solid. Until until it slows down when they got on horseback. Yeah, which is I don't know why we we, we do that like that, but okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, like it's 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 energetic. It's rage. It's rage fueled. And then we're gonna go ride slowly on horseback. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is where we get into the uh, you know the, the climax movie. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of slapstick, a lot, a lot of you know comedic type fighting. Oh yeah. We've uh, Miss Mrs. Potts sees her husband, then she falls and nearly like she falls and nearly dies. Yeah. And she's caught by uh, what? Uh, Josh God, yeah, yeah, the food catches him. Uh, and also, like again, this is where the the closet comes downstairs, and we can see like, oh yeah, she could very could easily come down and visit her piano husband, but you know, she she doesn't do that for whatever reason. Yeah, she just didn't feel like doing it, you know. Uh, meanwhile, Gaston goes to take on the beast. Bell comes back. That gives the beast the strength to fight back, while the castle crumbles around to hold them. Uh, the beast gets shot like four times. Which is yeah, which is crazy because when yeah, we'll talk about that I guess. Yes. Yeah, so, so, uh, uh, he, uh, beast gets shot final time. Gaston falls to his death. Uh, the last pe- the last pedal falls, and this is where we get easily the most horrifying scene of the entire movie. Uh, it's a scene where again, like all the all the all the castle staff is come is they're they're at the front. And you know, because the path pedal fell, the curse is taking its full effect and becoming antiques permanently. So yeah. we literally get to watch all of them slowly die, like right there. You see the clock twitching. <laughs> yeah, just like I'm like, I, 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 I can't move. It's been a pleasure working with you. Yeah, you're just like, but why? He's like, holy fuck! Like this is this this is insane. This is this Which is so is- dark. Which is crazy because, like, if that's the last pedal, then what's the delay, though? Yeah, what there's is? A de- there's a delay between the last pedal falling and then the and the kiss and everything. So, how did we get to where we, you know? Yeah. So, uh, she says, she, so yeah. Uh, after the beast dies, she says, "I like, I love you." And then, you know, the the enchant, the enchant, uh, Agatha, who was the enchantress the whole time, I guess. Yeah. Says, okay, like, okay, well, you know what? Technicalities. Uh, I'll, I'll give, I'll give you a pass on this one. Sure. So she decides to turn back the clock, heal, heal the beast, which is funny. I, I, always, I always thought just like, I always thought it would be funny, but like, okay, yeah, you, you bring him back to the team. You know, and he starts bleeding, yeah. He still <laughs> got like four gun wounds. It's like, bro, you were shot. Like, He's like, you're, uh, you're... I'm back. Holy crap. Okay, I guess, I guess that thing didn't heal gun, gunshot wounds. I, yeah, I'm I was still like, I was shot as a beast. I've come human and uh, I'm still, I'm still injured. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh yeah, true true love broke the spell, the castle is fixed, everyone is going back to normal. And the memories of everyone are restored. And we find out like the, the townspeople, like I talked about earlier, uh had a lot of people who are family members and associates who worked in the castle. So this witch broke families apart for several years. Yeah, um like she's Crazy. like, and keep in mind, she was there while Gaston was doing his thing, and she did nothing. Like it was True. simple in the original, but she's she's kind of a psychopath in this one. 
Yeah, a little bit more complex. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, we yeah we get we got our big final dance number, and this is we get to the scene that caused a lot of controversy because it was announced ahead of time that LeFou was going to be tr- portrayed as gay, and I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the exact wording. It said there was. I I hit my I hit my soundboard. Uh, I'm trying to find the exact wording because Bill Condon said there was, it's like an outwardly gay moment or a consistently gay moment. Some, some, something weird. Oh, here's here we said he said there was going to be an exclusively gay moment in this movie. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. there was a lot. Yeah, because of of LeFou's homosexuality, this this movie was actually banned in some states like there was like i think there was like big headlines that like a couple theaters in like the deep south like would refuse to show this movie because it portrayed a gay character what was the exclusively gay moment it's him dancing with another man yeah like that's it and like i timed it like from the time they get on screen together to the time they're off screen together not even two seconds and people were up in arms. It's crazy. It is absolutely it's crazy. So insane to me. It is, like it, is, yeah. it caused that much controversy. Yeah. Tell them to sit down and have a Bud Light. We'll be yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be fine. You'll be, be fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. Good. My lord, like I just people just oh, it's so head scratching, man. With like people getting all up in arms about it. Like, yeah, it's a two second scene. Like, who cares? Yeah. And like, it's 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 fine. It's fine to have gay characters in movies. But yeah, also give the gay. I mean, they they, they did give some give something to do. Like D- Disney with like their representation of like LGBTQ LGBT characters have been kind of strange because like it's been like there's like a lot of like characters just like saying that you know they're gay but like not giving a lot. Like I, example, I think it was like Onward, where like that was the thing where like yeah, the first gay character in a Pixar movie. Well, I like, Stra- like I like what they did with Strange World. Yeah, Strange World, where like the son I is like gay that. and like he's like a major part of the movie, not yeah. the boyfriend, but the son. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, let's forget who he's like in love with. Like, yeah, like, like just forget about. It. But like also like but, like that's that's the thing where they they gave like a gay character something to do. Where, like here, like they do, but like it's not really. It's 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 kind of strange. Where like you know they don't really develop a gay character. They 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 they, they started to do that, but they don't really develop them like super well. Like, they're, they're starting to get better though. They weren't they weren't them, but they're starting to get better. It's like I feel like they test it to see what the what the reaction is going to be, and then they add that. Then they they take that and then they use that for the next film. You know what I mean? Like an, an, another good one, I think. Like was this all? I think was like Lightyear, where like you have like yeah. like a big emotional moment with a character who like does shares a very like complex relationship with who is also gay. Yeah, and then again, met with the same type of uh, controversy. Know, yeah, it was just crazy. It's like why can't? Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, that was Beauty and the Beast. So, uh, final thoughts on this movie? I like it. Uh, like I said, uh, for the animated films, obviously, I you know adore uh, Beauty and the Beast. But you know, I, I like this fine. I think out of the live action films, I would put this up there for sure. Um, I, I would rank this higher than uh, Lion King, and I love Lion King to death. That's my favorite. You know, obviously, we've talked about it numerous times. My favorite animated film. Um, I mean, I, I like I said, this one is number two animated i i love this film uh you know I, I think they do a pretty good uh faithful adaptation of it like like you said though like we talked about yeah there are some decisions and stuff like that to go a little bit quicker uh the beast it kind of does make rational decisions quickly whereas we don't get the you know the whole drive behind you know his his actions and stuff but overall though i do uh, i do like the uh, casting of everybody um and Ewan McGregor's fine, even though I said I just I just think we could have found somebody who's French. That's all I'm saying. 
Anyway, like I said, I, it's I'll put this up there in the, in, in my top five of uh, my my top five live actions for sure. Uh, I still think Aladdin's better, um, but I do I definitely put this one up there at number. I put this probably at number two. Yeah, like this movie. This movie kind of drove the annoyance of Disney live action adaptations into overdrive, and I yeah to a degree I do understand it because here's the thing. Like when you think of Disney, what is it you think of? You think of, you know, groundbreaking films, timeless stories with incredibly memorable characters yeah. that have just trend that they continue to do and just redefine themselves and the brand that just transcends generations because of it. Yeah. This like what there's this trend now seems to kind of fly in the face of what Disney originally stood for, where they're just like rather than because like, you know, I, I think I, some, I was talking to somebody and they phrased it this way, like rather than you know, rather than like give somebody cause, like look at Lion King, for example, because like that's a that's a very talented director and a great cast. Yeah. And, but and you put into a and that you gave two holy fuck, two hundred sixty million dollars to retell a story that we've already seen told before. Yeah. Like what if you did that, gave that kind of money to tell something brand new? And, and that's the thing. But I think we went with the surefire. We exactly. knew we we knew the equation. We knew what we were going to do. We know that it's beloved. Uh, we know that if we just tell the story. The same as we told it before, and you you put it right there. You know, I I miss I miss the days of the cart of the the animated cartoons like you know your Pocahontas like when it first came out. You know, you know Vanessa Williams sing Colors of the Wind or when Tarzan came out with Phil Collins. You always featured like a, a different artist. Mulan, you had Christina Aguilera, and it was like it was a spectacle all the time. You know what I mean? You had yeah. uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. You had All for One. Uh, and it just, it was, it was more fun and it was yearly. This was like every year they were coming out with animated films. And I feel like we've lost that, you know, we've lost that whole entire, uh, you know, just, just that, not originality, but I just feel like we lost that magic that they used to have. Yeah, like that's, with, that's yeah. the thing where just like this, like because the existence of these kind of flying events, what Disney stood for seemingly, yeah. because, you know, yeah. rather than like trying to tell something new, they're just like recycling stuff they've already done before. And it's just not as fresh or as enjoyable this time to the second time around because we've already seen it. We already know you're not going to do anything that drastically different in most cases. Some cases they do, but in most cases you're not going to do anything that drastically different. However, I don't. I I again, you have the, like the live action division which is doing this. However, I do think you do. Uh, you have like a lot of stuff that, and in the animation division which they're they're still, they're still like doing like a lot of new, uh, interesting, new interesting like. Uh, innovative stuff for like you know like, you look at like the new renaissance they've had you know like like you know Prince and the Frog and Tangled and Frozen and Wreck It Ralph and Encanto and you know Ryan Last Dragon and like all these other stuff like like Disney is still doing innovative stuff it's just like yeah. light like again people just said just that harp on live action I get it because like we're getting we're getting a lot of them like here's some they have yeah. in development one that listed as in development right now so you have Little Mermaid which is coming out next week. Snow White was coming out next year. Mufasa the Lion King was the prequel to the Lion King, which is having coming out next year. Lilo, then you have Lilo and Stitch, Hercules, Hunchback of Notre Dame, a Cruella sequel, uh, Bambi, the Aristocats, and the recently announced Moana. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's just crazy, man. It really is. So yeah, it seems like you know Disney's just trying to like sh- like you know go through all their IPs. And granted, I do think there are Disney live action adaptations that could work. But I don't know if they'd be like surefire money makers. So yeah. it seems like they're more concerned. Like, to the, to, it would it appears like they're more concerned with you know like making you know making a buck than they are like telling new innovative stories. But at the same time, like they're still doing that. Like again, anime animation they're still doing a lot of that, even though they are doing sequel. But they're still doing like a ton of original stuff. Yeah, Pixar is still Pixar is still doing their thing. 
you know, you have like all the stuff on Disney Plus. You got Marvel. You got Star Wars. Who's you know, both are a bit of are a bit of a lull right now, but they are, uh, you know, still doing still doing uh, you know, like you know, new stuff, interesting stuff, and so I think yeah, does the content of the Disney live action animation adaptations kind of fly in the face of what Disney originally was? Yeah, do I think it's a problem. Not necessarily. I don't think it's as big a problem as people make it out to be. Well, no. Uh, the thing that I get, I just get tired of the oversaturation of the live action films. Okay. Now, the the perk, the 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 pro that I will say though, it does get new audience, uh, new audience, new ages to the theater to see it. But then they also revisit the original too sometimes, and that's in that yeah. case. So you're getting you're getting that audience to re, you know, obviously to see the original. You know what I mean? I I, I still think you're doing that. On top of it, I just think that we're just really oversaturated with the live action stuff. It's crazy. Oh, we, oh, we, oh, we can't be because you know we're doing we're doing a lot more stuff. So, oh yeah, okay. uh, but yeah, that's gonna do it for us here today. Uh, Russell, a, a plug before we head out. Yeah, notorious by chance on Facebook. That's where the uh, polls were put up for you guys to vote on. Uh, also, Facebook, or yeah, also Facebook, which I just talked about. Uh, YouTube, notorious by chance uh, at NBC Podcast on Twitter. And join us on, uh, I don't even remember, uh, TikTok at uh, Notorious by Chance. What's, what's, what's the one the kids are using? Yeah, TikTok. God, I can't. Uh, there's so yeah. many social media handles, man. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's going to be Chance, what's underscore 91. Uh, yeah, check out uh, Notorious by Chance on YouTube. We have our live show. We have Left Side Strong Side, which we are doing stuff on. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Or next time. I don't know about next week, but next time for sure.